Yes, yes. Okay, so funny enough, my infamous bath time became a thing because for my birthday, my girlfriends got me a gift and it was all around bath. So my friend Jess, her boyfriend Glenn, he is a woodworker. So he makes these bath trays and in it is like a carving for where you put a candle and a wine glass and like where you prop like a phone or an iPad up to like watch a show. They wanted to carve a place for me to put a piece of pizza, but there just wasn't <laughs> enough room on it. And I was like, that's okay. I can put the box of pizza on there totally. if I need to. <laughs> Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. The Safe Haven has recently shapeshifted into a bi-weekly release with alternating bi-weekly releases of a segment called Road Trip, where Jennifer Porter and I have the kinds of chats that you'd have with a bestie on a road trip. This one is good. I promise that this drive will keep you in stitches between our chats about food, obviously, and then into our deep dives into the realm of what we consider to be glamping essentials including juicy spidey dogs. Jen and I both share some rather exciting snowboarding stories as well as burying the hatchet and what that looked like for me one day on a hot springs hiking adventure with Riley. (laughs) Before we jump into today's drive, I wanted to remind you of how much we would love it if you could follow The Safe Haven on your podcast app. Leaving a rating or writing a written review really helps us reach more people and to show our listeners and other podcasters that we're legit. Every single one helps. So if you haven't done so, we'd be so appreciative if you did. Here we go. Hello, road trip friends. I'm Jen. And I'm Amanda. And we're two adventurous souls with a huge passion for travel and chasing the unordinary. You know those podcasts that you listen to and you feel like you're hanging out on a couch with a friend or on a long road trip chatting with your bestie? That's what we've created for you. And we want you to come along for the ride. Sometimes it'll just be us, and other times we'll pick up a friend along the way for some additional insights. Each road trip episode, we'll be sharing a variety of insights and perspectives, lessons, and memories from our lives. Sometimes we may cry, but we will laugh way more, honoring every emotion that comes up authentically. That's what road trips with your besties are for. So grab a snack, pop in those earbuds, and buckle up. And speaking of snacks... (laughs) I'm so full. I am so full. We've had so many mean cheese sticks. Well, I mean, I have. <laughs> and charcuterie boards. We are such good snackers. Oh, like snacking's my favorite. I don't know how we just like whipped out that charcuterie board from the cooler in the van, but we did it. We did it. We did it. Okay, that's a great topic of conversation just by itself because you've got your preferences, I've got mine. <laughs> Yeah, meat and cheese. I just love meat and cheese in any form. Okay, so whatever that cheese was, the Four Seasons cheese, that hard cheese, we need to get that again. It was good. Yeah. I think that that's the one from the Coombs Market. Well, it's freaking awesome. It's so interesting how I like soft cheeses, but I also really like hard cheeses like that. And I don't mind a good stinky cheese. I'm just like blue cheese. I'm like gaggy. Ooh, okay. So I really do like blue cheese, but it's definitely been an acquired taste 
I used to gulp it down with like a nice glass mm. of red wine. Mm-hmm. But now I, I can do it. I mean, it's definitely, it's a good in small doses. Yeah. Let's put it that way. It's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. You have to develop your palate for it. And you know, like now that I'm 33, I definitely have a palate for blue cheese. Yeah. I You can't go wrong with a good charcuterie board. You can't. You can't. No. Okay. So you come up to the biggest, most beautiful charcuterie board spread. What do you eat first? It's got everything you've ever dreamed of. Oh, I definitely eat a piece of meat with a piece of cheese. <laughs> common theme it is it's interesting because these two aren't together in a like a vacuum sealed package <laughs> and they're processed you can't put them in your the pocket yeah you can't put your pocket saver for later <laughs> you can't put your pockets in the meat and cheese i think you messed that one up <laughs> i hope you can't anyway okay 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 what about an absolute no-go on a meat and cheese plate or a charcuterie <laughs> board. Meat and cheese on the brain. <laughs> yeah, it, like you show up and it cannot be on it. It's an absolute, this should not be on here. What the hell is it here for? I don't really know if there's much. Like mayonnaise? Yeah, gross. <laughs> it's just really random though and I don't know where mayonnaise just came to my brain. See, today when the mustard came out, I'm not a mustard fan. There's there's recipes that I can tolerate mustard in, but overall, when people get super jazzed about different kinds of mustard, I'm like, Mm-mm. You know those shows on TLC where it's like my secret obsession or something? Mm-hmm. I watched one years ago, so on a guy that's obsessed with mustard. And I just thought like he had a room in his house dedicated to all the mustard he had. And I was like, hmm, he's like committed to the mustard game he ate it or just stored it oh ate it like he he loved collecting it eating it it was yeah it was it was really something is it the movie dumb and dumber where he eats something super spicy or super hot and he's like just dumping ketchup and mustard into his mouth yes yes in the shag and wagon (laughs) to shag and wagon chicks love it (laughs) oh speaking of shag and wagon that makes me think of this van and it also makes me think of camping Oh, yes. Considering we're, we've like filled up our stomachs and the tank of gas and we're car camping tonight. Let's talk about that. Yes. Yeah. I'm all for car camping. Me too. Because I can take all the comforts and all of my favorite things with me and I don't have to ration them to a backpack. This is true. That I have to carry. No, you've got trunk and car seats. Oh, yeah. Okay. So car camping must haves. Well, let's just start off with an air mattress, a duvet, (laughs) my coffee. Oh, for a real spa experience, facial wipes, maybe some cucumber slices. Oh my gosh, we're glamping, glamping. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, if we're going to be out there, we might as well be comfortable. Might as well. Bluetooth speakers. Oh yes, that's a must. Hot dogs, always. Spidey dogs. Oh, oh yes, they're so good. I know, and then when those little like juices yeah well when they drip out and then all of the little legs of it just like fold up and turn oh and they get crispy and you can literally just pull them off like little fingies and eat them do we have hot dogs in the back yes yes we could sprinkle some cheese on there and be <laughs> meat and cheese <laughs> meat and cheese spidey dogs <laughs> i actually funny enough i have a a happy camper list i will share with you oh okay yes 
do. So I think you do need to have some sort of a list when you do go camping. And like how I kind of go through it is I start my day off as to, okay, you wake up. What do you need? Okay, I need coffee. Okay, how am I going to go about getting this coffee? Okay, I need something to heat it. Mm -hmm. I need a vessel to boil water and I need a French press and I need the coffee. Or maybe you just take a mug and instant coffee. So that's how I kind of, I'm like, oh, I need to eat a meal. Okay, how am I going to eat this? How am I going to wash it for the next meal? And that's how I devise my list. So I want to hear your list. Okay, you ready? Ready. Born ready. Books? Are we surprised? No. No. I mean, half of our van is a library, so. (laughs) Built-in bookshelf. Yes. (laughs) And then we visit those take one, leave one book things that they have all over BC. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I had any books that I want to give up. Anyways, we strap them in with bungee cords. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Rock solid. In the milk crate? Yes. <laughs> Quartha uh, dairy milk crates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then a, a journal and a pen. Duh. My hammock. My camping couch, which I'm in love with. Thank you, Kuma. And thank you, Modular Racks. OMG. A blanket. Definitely. Two great pillows because I like my pillow and then a leg pillow. Fruit, chocolate, definitely. Oh my gosh, corn on the cob with butter. Oh. <laughs> Sprinkle some red hot chili peppers on there. No. Just corn on the cob with butter. Yeah. And salt and pepper. Duh. Obviously. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> fairy lights. Oh, yes. They're like night lights. I put them up in the eye camper. Yes. It's so cute. Or like all around. Like if you can get the longer ones and just light up your campsite. Yes. Game on. It's so special. Lots of water. Coffee and tea and the Yeti mugs. Kindling and fire, obviously, because you need a fire. And so then a little hatchet. Pots and propane boiler. Yes, you mentioned things for making hot water. And a griddle, because obviously we're glamping at this point. The UE Boom podcasts and lots of music downloaded. A tarp and straps. A tablecloth, moccasins, the cooler, and then my friend Emily's brekkie and coconut milk breakfast mix. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's like just the basics too. I mean, I can keep going, but that keeps me very content. Okay, I got to tell you about this camping trip I went on. May long, my girlfriend Danielle and I, we were thinking like, okay, we're, we're going camping. Okay, great. So we were going down this logging road. And we thought, okay, yeah, for sure we're going to get a campsite because it's, it's like first come, first serve. It's, there's no reservations. So we're driving an hour down this logging road where we're like, okay, everybody else on Vancouver Island also had our ideas, so <laughs> we're not finding a camping site. Okay, cool. So an hour down the logging road, it kind of came to, okay, what should we do? And I said, well, at minimum, we are one hour down a logging road. So if we turn around back to the highway, we are one hour from that. And I think it was about like seven o'clock. So we then realized, oh my God, our friends from Victoria are camping at Sprout Lake. So we got a few bars of service and we called them. We're like, hey, you guys want to have a good time this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) And they messaged us back being like, yeah, we're camping at Sprout Lake. And we're like, we have all the fixings for a good time. Can we crash your campsite? And they were like, what are you girls talking about? We told them, we're like, yeah, so everybody else had the same idea we had. Obviously, May Long, like we weren't thinking. So we drove back to the highway and drove 20 minutes and crashed their campsites. It was unreal. So we set up camp and, um, oh, we had so much fun. 
but it was pretty funny because so we're sitting there we're also like we're our campsites all set up we're sitting around a fire having some gin drinks things were great and this couple shows up and they're like on the campsite beside us and they're like super stressed they're like oh yeah like we got lost finding this place we're like uh it's like right off the highway on a Mm -hmm. lake like okay you're on your own journey anyways it was funny because they like pop up this massive tent that we forever refer to as the Taj Mahal Anyways, somewhere along the line, the girl left and this guy is there with his two dogs and he's very angry for the whole weekend, like rage music happening when we're like trying to listen to like Vance Joy, like, oh yeah, things are great. But we set up our tent and we had these therm arrests that, okay, that's great for like backcountry camping and, you know, obviously it's not comfortable, but it will do if you have to. And I was like, nope, this isn't going to work for me, but there's nothing I can do about this now. So I'm going to wake up in the morning. And I'm going to be at Canadian Tire for when they open. And I'm going to buy a queen size air mattress. And I'm going to be back here at camp, have that all set up. And I'm going to take a solid nap. And I'm going to be good to go for the day. So I totally executed on that. Woke up in the morning, went to Canadian Tire, bought the queen size air mattress. Well, it didn't really fit in the tent. I had to deflate it put it in the tent and then blow it up in the tent. It took up every square inch of the tent. My friend Danielle's like, Jen, I don't think this is going in here. I'm like, I don't need your negative attitude right now. Like this scare mattress is going in this tent. (laughs) I also took my own liberty to go and buy a pillow with an I Love Unicorns pillowcase that is now forever my camping pillow. Anyways, I got that all set up and I had the best little siesta. I woke up and I was ready to party. Okay. Did you actually sleep another night or two there? Yeah, yeah, we slept. So worth it then. So worth it. I was just like, if I'm going to go camping, you just need to be comfortable. Agreed. And the older I get, the more I'm just like, that eye camper is hands down the best invention. Don't get me wrong. You want to go backcountry camping and, and hike into somewhere? For sure. Game on. If we've got everything that we need for the night or two or three, I'm in. But the more I sleep, more comfortably out car camping, the more I just have a hard time thinking about not having that. Hey, do you know what stresses me out the most about backcountry camping? Mm -mm. Running out of snacks. Oh, I can relate. Like, I'm always thinking to my next meal. (laughs) I'm so full of charcuterie right now, but I'm like, oh, what am I eating for dinner tonight? (laughs) Like, my feet hit the ground in the morning. I'm like, wonder what I'm going to have for breakfast. (laughs) Well, Jennifer, whatever you put in your bowl. Yeah. (laughs) I made myself sound like a dog there. (laughs) In your bowl. (laughs) Whatever you put in your bowl. Okay, that this snacks thing though is so real because I actually find that I get a bit irritable if I don't have those comfort food style snacks after a couple days. A day or two, yeah, for real. You can go without, but mm, day three, I'm ready. I'm oh, ready yeah. for snacks I want to eat and love. Like I'm telling you, on a backcountry trip, I'd need at least a dozen meat and cheese sticks. Yeah. <laughs> So wait a second. You're eating like more than one a day? (laughs) How many are you eating? Just really depends on the day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner? Yeah. Like, I mean, I love those things. I can't believe I still have yet to actually have one. I just can't bring myself to just reach over and grab yours. Well, you probably look at them and you're like, this looks like processed crap. Like, why do I want to put this in my body? But I mean, you speak so highly of them. I feel like they're taking over. (laughs) Beef jerky. That's great. Oh, yes. 
I got snacks on the mind right now. Yeah. S'mores camping. S'mores camping. Uh, for some reason, I just thought about cheesecake. Mm. Mm. Yeah. My friends that we crashed their site, they do camping really well. Mm-hmm. And they have like gourmet meals. They bring their cast iron pan. But I mean, it's all very simple. And that's what I think like with car camping. Yeah, you bring a cooler and you're like, okay, like they had shrimp tacos with mango salsa and coleslaw for lunch one day. And I'm like, oh, hot damn. And then they like pulled out burgers for like a midnight snack and like that prevented Because I mean, I also feel too when you're camping, you just kind of, well, you sit around and you you have drinks. Mm-hmm. You definitely have to plan ahead. Oh, yeah. You have to plan ahead and itemize everything. The thing that we've actually found best for Friday and Saturday stuff is if you grab one of those cooked chickens and just buns and anything and everything to make sandwiches. Because by the time you're there on a Thursday or Friday night, it's pretty late. Yeah. And you're set up and probably have had a number of snacks like I usually do. Yeah. And then by the time you're kind of set up and you're ready to chill, the fire is going, the camp's set up, and it's time to eat sandwiches. Easy peasy. You're not taking any of that stuff home afterwards. It's great. And then the leftover chicken the next day with a bunch of grilled veggies in a stir fry. Oh my gosh. Ooh, that's such a good idea. So good. So good. We have this Blackstone griddle top. It's like a flat top cast iron griddle. But because we're car camping, it makes so much sense because then you can just bring that with you in the trunk of the car, take it out. And it's got propane. So we got a five pound propane tank that we just hook up to it. And you've got that for the weekend. It's awesome. It's very glamping. Well, you know, if it fits in the trunk, then fine, take it. Like mm-hmm. I like I could take my duvet if I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like I just have to unpack it. What's the first thing you set up when you get to camp? Tent. Yeah. Tent and bed. Tent bed. It's the first thing I set up anywhere. I move into a new house, set up the bed first. Bed. hundred percent. Because you need it ASAP. Yeah. I'm like, I need somewhere to sleep tonight. I'm a good bed setter upper. Same. I love a good bed. Weren't we just talking about beds this morning? Yes, we were on like, we spend a third of our lives in bed. Mm -hmm. So it's important. It is important. If you don't have a comfortable bed and you can't sleep at night, like I'm not here for it at all. Hence why I woke up at the crack of dawn diddly dawn. (laughs) CT bound. And we're like, CT, (laughs) we're going at it. Yes. And I was like, do I get the twin size or do I get the queen size? And I'm like, I'm just getting the queen size. Mm -hmm. When... Danielle was giving me her negative attitude over my queen size air mattress not fitting in the tent. I, at that point, was like, I could have got the twin, Danielle. And she also had a nap on the queen size. Yes. Yeah. She also agreed it was a very good buy. Where is this mattress? Oh, it's still in the back of my car from when I went camping a month ago. (laughs) You'll use it again. I'm always ready to go camping. Yes. Yeah. So the rooftop camper, though, how great is this thing? So the best is that by the time you actually get somewhere, you level the car. So whether that's putting rocks or sticks or whatever, anything like that under the tires, and then you level it. And then I can't even make this up. It is start to finish, ready to go, sleeping, everything set up in like five minutes. And it's it's like by the time you unlock the thingies and you push the hard top open, it just kind of spring loads, spring action, I don't know, up. And then you there's the mattresses in two parts and then you pull the little part towards the front where you get in and then it becomes a flat bed 
I think the dimensions of it are like 50 inches by 80 inches or something like that. Like it's big. It's a double bed. Yeah. And then the way that it all opens up with these two cute little windows, it's got these pieces of wire metal that hold everything out spring loaded. I'm just obsessed with it. I've had a good sleep in it every single night I've slept in it. And there's a ladder to get up to it because it's on the roof of your car. Yes. Bathroom adventures at nighttime can get interesting. Yeah. Coming down that ladder. Oh, yes. Yeah. But you get used to it. I've always seen these little pop-up rooftop tent setups and I'm very intrigued. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, you'll get a rip in this one tonight. So you'll... I'm stoked. Yes. see what you think. I mean, I'll likely want to just go buy one. (laughs) We are very lucky we got this one on sale because... You might puke when you find out how much they are. You got to Google iCamper Sky Camp Mini. The thing is, though, here's my thing. When you're buying gear like this, you buy it once, you take care of it, and you don't buy it again. It's an investment. So true. And I do take obsessively good care of it. It's kind of like when I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend a lot of money on a snowboard. I'm not growing anymore. (laughs) True. I hope not in height. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, technology sure changes, but in the course of now in five years, 10 years, for the amount of time I actually use said snowboard, it's going to be fine. Like it would be different if I had a snowboard from like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's probably like a piece of plywood compared to the technology now. (laughs) Boards are so fancy now and (sighs) so light. Oh my God. They're amazing. We're going to take a quick pit stop here for gas. So take a big stretch, jump around, grab something to nourish yourself with and enjoy a quick break while we fill up. Okay, so we're both from Ontario. You've been in BC far longer than I have. Let me tell you about the first time I tried to ride powder. Mm. Well, I'm used to riding ice in Ontario and groomed hills. Yeah. What an experience that was trying to just kind of like keep your tip up and like carve through that and lean so far back. My legs were on fire. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Yes. I ended up tobogganing down a lot of it on my, like on my bum. It took me a lot. I uh, nosedived. I, oh my God. I have so many funny stories of <laughs> when I've gone off the trail to be like, oh my God, there's so much powder to not thinking that there's no base. So mm-hmm. if I fall, mm-hmm. I'm up to my elbows mm-hmm. in snow and now I have to dig myself out. So hard. So hard. I've done it so many times. It's just like, Jennifer, when are you going to learn? Mm-hmm. But I just get so hungry for that fresh powder where I'm like going for it. <laughs> but when I first <laughs> rode powder, once. I it, it, it was very comical to watch. Like we tomahawked a few times. I think I ripped a coat. <laughs> Like it, like it was, it was tragic. And then I was like, okay, no, I've got the hang of this now. Okay, great. And it's just like, you're gliding. Oh, I mean, I made a trip to Japan just to ride powder. Super cool. Bought a new snowboard to do it. Your 2017 self wrote about that in a journal entry. Oh, it, they did. Yeah. Yes. I went to Japan in February, 2018. I think I'd already booked the trip when I wrote that journal entry. Oh. Yeah. It sounded like when you read it, it sounded more like it was projecting that that was what you were going to have been doing. Potentially. I knew I always wanted to go to Japan snowboarding. Hmm. Did you go by yourself? I did. Mm. Yes. Solo trips. 
Okay, no, like I, I traveled there by myself. Um, when I got there, I met up with two friends, one of which had already been there for the month. So we crossed over for four days in this town called Miyoko. And then he went to Tokyo. And then I went back with the friends that he'd been with for the past month. I spent the next month with them. But I also stayed at a hostel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, as much as I like hung out with my friends too, I met new people. So good. Yeah, it was so much fun. I love Japan. Mm, I haven't been. I was just thinking about a snowboarding story that just came to mind when I was snowboarding Whistler Blackcomb with Julie a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's so hard to describe. I wish there was a, a word to describe what happens to your eyeballs and your sight when it's so bright out and it just kind of goes like all wavy, wonky, blue, white, bright, bright, bright. It's like being sunblind kind of. Mm-hmm. And so cruising down the hill loving life and out of absolutely nowhere the wind is knocked out of me the front of my board (laughs) is stuck in the snow yeah so that I'm like laying on my hips with my board sitting it's like perpendicular I have snot down my face and I have no breath the wind has been officially knocked out of me and I'm like (gasps) 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 I can't breathe it was awful and at that point I kind of like had to wiggle the edge of my board out of the snow. And I kind of took inventory of what the hell had just happened. (laughs) I didn't full on yard sale, thank gosh. But something had happened where I literally just started cartwheeling. And then I don't remember if it was the front or the back end of my board was stuck in the snow. And that's how I was left. And I kind of remember getting up after that and being like, I hope someone saw that. Because that would be so funny. Oh, it hurt. But at the same time, I was kind of like, ha yes. Yes. I, oh my goodness. It was like pre-season Lake Louise when I went back in 2019. And here I am again, hungry for powder. And I went down this where I was like, oh, I'm going to get a fresh line here. I went down a river and oh, no. the snow kind of buckled underneath me. And I was like in a river. That's and, terrifying. I mean, it was a shallow river, like a, more of like a creek. Okay. That's called a creek. Yeah. And there's actually a video of me like running and trying to jump across the river, but landing like right in it. No. And like coming up over the bank being like, don't worry, guys, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Were you so cold? Just my snow gears. Like for the amount of time, like I actually like it was only like my legs that went in. Mm-hmm. And so, no, it didn't like really like my boots are waterproof. So I was Okay. But it was more funny than anything. Oh, totally. Yeah. But I'm glad there's a video evidence. Oh, there yeah, there's video evidence. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just like I I don't I mean, I definitely have fear when I'm snowboarding because I'm definitely aware of like mountains and avalanches and things like that. But I also I know Ski Louis pretty decently or decent enough to know like the areas I need to avoid. But yeah, I found myself in this creek. Mm. <laughs> I actually went in two creeks in one day. Two different creeks in one day. Yeah. Yeah, that was, oh my God. It's just, you know, I I really love snowboarding. Powder hungry. Powder hungry. That's why I went to Japan. I think Japan's like another podcast or another episode. We keep alluding to these episodes. We've been writing them down. Yeah, it's funny. Like we were talking about today, I thought all of the, like, like the episodes that we've released, they're not been on our list. Mm -mm. So... Maybe let's let's figure out one thing we can talk about today that is on the list. Hmm. Okay. Um, Want to talk about your bath time? 
Oh, my bath time. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because the first time I went into your bathroom visiting, I noticed the bath board. Yes, yes. Okay, so funny enough, my infamous bath time became a thing because for my birthday, my girlfriends got me a gift and it was all around bath. So... My friend Jess, her boyfriend, Glenn, he is a woodworker. So he makes these bath trays. And in it is like a carving for where you put a candle and a wine glass and like where you prop like a phone or an iPad up to like watch a show. They wanted to carve a place for me to put a piece of pizza, but there just wasn't (laughs) enough room on it. And I was like, that's okay. I can put the box of pizza on there if I need to. (laughs) Um, But yes, like I love bath time. Like I don't... I don't spend, like, I don't generally spend enough time in there to get pruney, but, like, I run a nice bath. I put a bath bomb in. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes I listen to a podcast. Sometimes I read. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really, like, the other day I read poetry. Yeah. I mean, it was nice. So favorite scent in the bathtub? Oh. Oh, I got this bath bomb one time. It was, like, pepperminty. And I was after I had a sunburn, so it was, like, this... The bath water was, of course, really warm, but the peppermint bath bomb made it super cool. Like tingly. Tingly. And then it was like, it was like doused in coconut oil. So it was super moisturizing. It just, it depends on how I'm feeling. Like if I'm really tired and I want to relax, definitely I'll get into like some lavender. Eucalyptus, cedar, coconut, like that's always, that's always a go-to for me. What was that one that you really liked the smell of at that store today? Sweet pea? Yeah, that's it. Sweet pea. Yeah, that... Oh, I might have to go back and get some of that. It looked and smelled very good. Yeah. And oh, I had a bath last weekend because I got really sunburned. Mm -hmm. And so the joys of living alone, I didn't have anybody put cream on my back. Like, what am I going to do? Go over to my neighbors and be like, hey, instead of boring a cup of milk, can you like put cream on my back? (laughs) Not really the way this works. So I was like, oh, I'll just have a bath with like a coconut oil bath bomb so it'll moisturize my back. And it did it. Yeah. Because I was still like, I I have not mastered how to like put cream on my own back and like really get into like some of the hard to reach places. Yeah. Tricky one. Right? I feel like I can, I've got a pretty good reach. I almost need to like call a friend. Phone a friend. One of your three options for who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Um, Phone a friend. Mm -hmm. 50-50. 50-50. And give up. (laughs) I'm phone giving up friend. the dream of being a millionaire. Phone a friend, 50-50. And ask the audience. 50-50, phone a friend and ask the audience. Okay. So I didn't have 50-50 because there is only one of me here. So unless I was to cut myself in half. No. Can't do that. Um, I couldn't ask the audience because there was no audience to put cream on my back. And you um, I could have called a friend. a friend, but. They're all in Tofino. They're in Tofino. So the neighbor is just no bueno. Yeah, no bueno there. I don't even think I have a neighbor on one side. Here? I wonder if the people camping beside us, like what they're like. Hmm. Do you mingle around campsites or do you just keep to yourself? Kind of depends. I tend to keep more to myself. I feel like there has to be a reason. So a couple weeks ago, we went to this place called Greenbush. It was awesome. And there was this tiny, sweet baby blue healer like an eight week old puppy named Nico oh yes obviously that was a hundred percent a reason that I needed to go and visit the neighbors yes but 
ultimately, I tend to just keep a respectful distance and, hey, how's it going? A wave here and there, lots of smiles, more than anything. If there's more to it, then for sure. But I rarely actively go and mingle with the neighbors now. 10 years ago, I would have been all over that. Right. But now I feel like I'm at a place I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. My introvert side needs a reset when I'm camping. Would you go car camping alone? Yes. I think I would too. I prefer being with another human. Yeah. But more because of the wildlife situation for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like if I can't get the fire going, well, I could ask a friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. I mean, I was a girl guide and all, but sometimes <laughs> my fire starting ability is mm, questionable. No flint stick. Yeah. No flint stick. No, I go definitely like we go super prepared with lots of fire starter and kindling in the hatchet and just really go for it. Bury the hatchet. Bury the <laughs> Okay, last story. Oh gosh, this is a year and a half at least ago. And Riley and I were on this adventure up to the upper halfway hot springs. And in the adventure part of this, getting there, you have to cross this very active, rapidy river. So there's a cord that you can go across. And when I mean cord, it's like freaking thick cable that you can go with across with a carabiner or something like that. And of course, that's the route that he took. But I had shorts on, very short shorts for hiking. And I had very low socks on with my hiking shoes on as opposed to boots with higher socks. So I was like really nervous about dragging and scraping my heels all the way across that. And he said, well, I've gone across the river before. I think that you'll have no problem going across the river. Okay. So then that's kind of what I figured. I had my shoes tied on tight. I didn't give any shits if my shoes got soaking wet. I was like, that's actually some stability. This is great. So away he goes and he gives me the hatchet and he says to me, you can actually use this for stability in the water. And my hands are half the size of his. He's got massive hands. And he's like, if you just hold the end of it, you can actually use that and kind of plug it in between some of these rocks on the bottom for stability. Well, I get a third of the way across the river and I'm hating this hatchet because it's a pain in the ass and it's not helping me at all. And the water is ripping. It's up to my hips and I'm just, I'm not comfortable with this. (laughs) It was rough. So he's all the way across now and he's waiting for me to come across. I was like, I hate this hatchet. I don't want it. He's like, well then throw it. Well, everything in my mind is like, I don't want to throw the hatchet. I'm uncomfortable here. I don't even want to worry about throwing anything across this. And it's several meters across, like maybe another 10, 15 meters. Oh, wow. Okay. It was far. Legit. Yes. And I've never gone ax throwing before. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to lose this. I don't really know how to throw this. I didn't want to use all of the momentum to put it behind my head to throw it because that to me was just going to really knock me off balance in these rushing waters. Right. So anyways, he's like, it's okay. Just throw it. Just throw it. Well, stupid me lobs it kind of more just like a swing it. (laughs) back and forth and I swung it it only made it about I don't know maybe another two-thirds farther and ended up landing in the water and just took off down the river I felt so bad and at first because he holds on to everything and everything for him if he's holding on to it for a length of time has some sentimental value and I don't I know a little bit of the story behind it but I know that he had had that hatchet for so long I was I was devastated let alone how he was feeling. I was like, I felt so bad. And I kept apologizing the whole way up. He's like, I mean, it's fine. It's okay. It's just a hatchet. But watching this thing kind of go ping, ping, ping. It just looked like a toothpick in the water, you know, all the way down. So yeah, that's my hatchet story. And I will forever feel 
bad about it. I guess you don't have to worry about burying the hatchet. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not buried. It's it's sunk. It's sunk. <laughs> well, here we are sinking the hatchet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, I know it's it's so hard when you let go of something that means so much to somebody. You're just like, oh shoot. I know that meant so mm-hmm. much to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Digesting that is really difficult. Yeah. Or something that, yeah, something that breaks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's life. It is life. Things are things. Mm-hmm. That I've learned. Things yeah. are things. That's the like practicing non-attachment. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely things, you know, when talking about my move across Canada, when I moved from Lake Louise to Ontario, I had a moving truck that moved me. And then when I moved from Ontario back out to the West Coast, I packed my car. I had to like decide like what I wanted, what I didn't want. And I was like, you know what, for the amount of money it's going to cost me to move everything in a moving truck, U-Haul, what have you, I'll just buy new. And that's kind of been the story of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, like Ikea furniture, you move it once and then it's done. After that, it's served its purpose. Yeah. I mean, God love me, Ikea furniture. I love your TV stand. Yeah. You know, I love Ikea furniture, but I don't love building it. Yeah, that's accurate. It is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they could only label things with like the letter A and it's like you take A and B and put it together. You don't have to like, okay, I think this has the slot and like, okay, there's four holes across the top. Okay. So this must be the piece. No guessing. We hate guessing. Oh, mm-hmm. no. I, that's the downfall, but you know what? It's, that's what keeps Ikea furniture cheap and cheerful. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, me too. Until I like have a house that I live in and can, I'm more willing to buy nicer furniture. That can stay there for a while. I've been on the go for a long, long time. So should we go bug the neighbors? Yeah. Ask them if they will put cream on your back? I mean, my sunburn's okay, but maybe we could ask them for a cup of milk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they want to like, Play a card game with us. Monopoly deal. I brought it. Oh, I love that game. Okay, let's go play. Okay, awesome. Sounds good. Well, friends, we are going to play Monopoly deal. We've officially made it to the site and we have so enjoyed your company and appreciate you coming along. Make sure that you take a big stretch and nourish yourselves. If you had a nice trip today, be sure to follow us on your podcast app and jump back in next week. Tell your friends. They'll fit in the van. We'll gas up, grab snacks, and continue down the open road next week. Cheers. Cheers.